Hey everyone, welcome back to the Holly Shook Podcast. I'm Armin, and I'm recording this prologue right now because the podcast you are about to hear was actually recorded on June 22nd, the day that the New York Times published breaking news on Britney Spears' conservatorship in an article entitled, quote, Britney Spears quietly pushed for years to end her conservatorship, end quote. I recorded this episode with my co-host, Ryan, who was going on vacation the next morning, and we talked in depth about the court records that the New York Times obtained, which exposed many horrible details about how Jamie Spears is exploiting Britney and how Britney had been trying to remove him as her conservator for far longer than anybody ever realized. Now, though we referenced that there would be an upcoming hearing on the conservatorship, what we didn't realize was that Britney would deliver extremely damning and explosive testimony the very next day on June 23rd. Since Ryan is on vacation and doesn't have any recording equipment, we aren't able to provide our reactions to her testimony together, and that's why we wanted to do this prologue so that you all understand the absence of our coverage on probably the biggest development in the Britney Spears conservatorship saga. Now, of course, we will be covering this development and all coming news in future podcasts. But in the meantime, before the originally recorded podcast officially begins, I wanted to read a few of the quotes from Britney Spears' emotional testimony, which you may have already heard by now, and give my quick take. So here are a few of Britney's quotes. Quote, Now, going forward, I'm not willing to meet or see anyone. I've met with enough people against my will. I'm done. All I want is to own my money for this to end and my boyfriend to drive me in his fucking car. End quote. She also says, quote, I deserve to have a life. I've worked my whole life. I deserve to have a two to three year break and just, you know, do what I want to do. End quote. She goes on to say, quote, and I'm tired of feeling alone. I deserve to have the same rights as anybody does by having a child, a family, any of those things, and more so, end quote. And then she expounds upon that by saying, quote, I want to be able to get married and have a baby. I was told right now in the conservatorship, I'm not able to get married or have a baby. I have an IUD inside of myself right now so I don't get pregnant. I wanted to take the IUD out so I could start trying to have another baby. But this so-called team won't let me go to the doctor to take it out because they don't want me to have children, any more children. So basically, this conservatorship is doing me way more harm than good. End quote. Just horrible. As Ryan and I expressed in the podcast, before even hearing this testimony, this entire situation is frightening. How a person's entire life could be controlled by another person and how it could be enforced by the legal system. This is a human rights issue. We're now learning how it has become a reproductive rights issue for Britney as well. As we continually stress in the podcast, and what has become abundantly clear, 
Brittany is being exploited by her father, Jamie, so that he could extract as much revenue from her talent as he can by dictating her life and, most importantly to him, determining every aspect of her career. It's truly egregious what has happened here, and hopefully sometime very soon, Brittany will be freed from this truly oppressive and tyrannical conservatorship, but there should also be a deep and thorough investigation of conservatorship in the U.S. legal system because abuse like this should never be allowed again. And I'm sure Brittany is not the only case. Thanks for listening to this prologue, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to everyone's favorite Hollywood podcast. It's Holly Shook, and I'm Ryan. Hi, what's up? I'm just talking to people and saying what comes to my mind. And who's on the other end of that? It's Armin. Hi, Armin. I love that new intro, Ry. Thanks, it was scripted. Like everything we do, it's all scripted. Yeah, that was rehearsed. That was actually the third take. (laughs) People think that we go off the cuff. This is all written out beforehand, line for line, beat by beat. Yeah, we've done, we do pretty much four to five takes of each sentence. If you can't tell, that's why pretty much everything I say is so articulate and well versed and pretty much super well informed and accurate. We are like the Stanley Kubricks of podcasting. We will do a thousand takes until we get it right. Mm -hmm. One of us will cry. Most (laughs) episodes, one of us is crying. Right, right. We bully bully each other until we just get the perfect episode. You know, just like Kubrick, we get the perfect film. Most of the time. A lot of the time. Yeah, and I I don't even know why we're telling this to you guys, because it's obvious. Just if you've listened to any episode, you know that it is... There's nary but a flaw to be heard. So, you know, but we do give peek behind the curtains very often on this podcast. So that was just one more of those for you guys. I think we once had a five-star review on iTunes where someone said, this is eerily similar to A Clockwork Orange. So they were vibing with us. They were vibing. Yeah, I remember that because it was our only five-star review. (laughs) True. That's true. I think we have one in the litter. At least one. At least one. Um, If you guys are just already impressed by this, feel free to go leave another five-star review before we even get into the content. Just You you can assume this is going to be a five-star episode, so just go rate and review on iTunes. And actually, I'm pretty sure that there's no way around that this episode. I did read the the outline this time. Sometimes I don't. Um... (laughs) And we have some pretty good stories to cover actually today of things that we've been following. I feel like we're pretty, we're, we're very inconsistent, but when we are, when we are consistent, we're consistent about like two to three stories. Like we're kind of always updating on a handful of stories and we have updates on at least three today that we've been pretty into. 
Well, I think we made our name with the college admission scandal. Yes. Well, and then we made our we made our name with the college admission scandal, and then last week we pretty much premiered the Erica Jane documentary, The Housewife and the Hustler. By podcasting about it three days later. No, we podcasted about it one day later. True. Rem- True. Yeah. We, we so were good about like, that. <laughs> that was huge for us. We were really on time for that one. And now Thus we premiering have it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, by talking about it, a day after it comes out, that's essentially premiering it. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked the definition of premiere, it's that. So that was really good for us. And then the updates we have today, honestly, some of them were even coming out, not this morning, but maybe within the past couple mornings, which is also really good. Well, our leadoff story did come out today. It's breaking news oh, today. Wow. Today being Tuesday, June 22nd, because... You may not hear this for another few days. This isn't live, even though, Rai, I think you opened the episode by asking our listeners what's up. They cannot respond to you. I hope you know that. I'm learning that with each episode that they aren't responding, but I will still act like they are. What do they call it? An asymmetrical format, right? It's not symmetrical. There isn't communication going back and forth. (laughs) We are recording this. It's going to be published onto an RSS feed. I'm like, they're listening on their cell phones, so that's pretty much like we're on a phone call. So I'm pretty sure saying what's up is actually really polite. It is. It's polite. Um, just don't expect a polite response back. That's all I'm saying. Whatever. Everyone's fake. <laughs> um, especially, especially the villain in this story, I would argue. Is fake? I would say. Oh, God. But let's get into it. So today, Tuesday, June 22nd, the New York Times. Ever heard of it? I haven't, actually, before today. This is going to be huge for them. Because, you know, I'm a page six. I'm a People magazine. I'm an Us Weekly. I think this is the first time we are citing this. uh, What's it called? The New York Times? This paper? Yeah, I think. We're giving a little bit of a platform to a publication that might need a little bit more name recognition. So once again, doing our part. We love to amplify voices that usually don't get amplified. So uh, New York Times, you are welcome. Yeah. They break the news. Unlike them, unlike this publication, but they they (laughs) did it. So congrats. Yeah, good for them. There's a first for everything. That uh, Britney Spears, someone you may or may not have heard of, pop star, iconic, inventor of Instagram, she oopsed and did it again once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Britney Spears has actually been trying to remove her father, who I am deeming the villain of this story. Yeah. yeah. I know you disagree. You love Mr. Spears. Jamie Spears. No, what? Do not. Don't put that in. Don't put those words in my mouth. There's a line. Not even for a bit. Not even for a bit. Not even for a bit. There's a line that cannot be crossed for a bit, and it is not me being a fucking Mr. Spears stan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But basically, this article goes in-depth on how 
Britney Spears has been trying to remove her father as her conservator for a long time, a lot longer than had been previously known. We covered the Britney Spears documentary um, on this podcast. I actually think it was a New York Times Presents documentary. It was was New York Times Presents, yeah. Once again, uplifting small voices. (laughs) So we did a whole episode reviewing that and the conservatorship. So we don't have to go too in-depth on that. Unless, Rai, do you want to do a little brief explainer, I guess, if we have any new listeners or anyone who doesn't know what the conservatorship is? Maybe that could be helpful before we get more into the details on this new development. Um, Not necessarily, but I... (laughs) I'm pretty sure, like, after watching the entire documentary and doing a podcast in it, I still didn't really understand what what was going on. Um, But basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, which more likely than not I will be, um, she is not in any control of her finances, her money, her, um, like, want slash ability to, like, perform or go on tour or do shows and a lot of people are under the impression, slash maybe it's actually proven, that her father is in control of all of this stuff. And everyone's like, let her, let her do, do control of her own things and free Britney and, you know, all that. That's and, basically it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And if you guys do need to actually learn more about it, go back and listen to our episode about it. Or watch the documentary. I don't care which one you do. But there's way more to it than just those two sentences that I said. Right. But that basically sums it up. And because of this court-appointed conservatorship, and because the conservatorship is for both Britney's finances and her life, I don't know if you remember this detail, right? but those are actually two separate deals. Sometimes people... Yeah who are deemed to need a conservator, which, by the way, for our listeners, is it's not people like Britney typically, right? Right. It's typically people who are... Much older. Much older, mentally unfit, considered mentally unfit. And, you know, it could be a family member worried that they're going to, you know, maybe get defrauded, right? Let's just give an example. So they seek out a court-appointed conservator um so that this person who is mentally unfit let's say theoretically doesn't just give away all their money okay so britney late 2000s she was going through all that turmoil she was provided a court appointed conservator jamie spears her father who not only had control over all her finances but had control over her life as well and some of the details in this report This latest report are pretty damning because she goes into how, and I guess some of this was already reported on by TMZ, according to the New York Times, but there have just been more documents released. She goes into how she was forced to perform while she was sick with a 104-degree fever. She basically had no choice on whether or not she could perform, not perform, whatever. Her whole life was being controlled. There were some details regarding the granular levels in which her dad would control her life, even down to 
the color of her kitchen cabinets. Like, it sounds like a joke, but she would want to do little renovations, like changing her kitchen cabinets, and her father wouldn't let her. Every little aspect of her life was being controlled, especially her money. Um, But even just her day-to-day living, it gets a little more explosive when you get into the money because you find out that she only had access to $2,000 a week, which is a lot of money. But for someone like Britney Spears, who we know is making millions upon millions of dollars a month, $2,000 a week is not a lot of money. We also find out in this report that she couldn't technically access the money because usually her credit cards and whatnot were controlled by an assistant or her security. It's a very damning expose. And that's not even getting into the fact that uh, her father, Jamie Spears, was probably abusive beyond even just the way that he was running the conservatorship, which I'll get into. But just having said all that, Rye, like how much more did this like New York Times report tell you? I feel like I rambled a lot, but like there's a lot here. It's a very long article. Well, I like think about it in terms of like pretty much all of it has to do with money. And it's sad because like you say, the kitchen cabinet thing or whatever. And it's like, okay, her kitchen cabinet is not going to affect anything about like her career or like his control over her career or anything but then I'm wondering if it's like he is so like desperate for money where he like to the point where he's like well that's just money that you shouldn't be spending and it's like it's like normal non-billionaires do their kitchen cabinets like it's probably not that much money to reduce I mean I don't know I don't have a grasp on money like two thousand dollars a week was like my dream, but like but painting your kitchen cabinets, right, is not a lot of money. But that's what I'm saying. I'm wondering <laughs> if it's like he's so, like, unhinged about having as much money as possible that that's why he says no. Like, I can't think of any other reason why he would be like, you can't do your cabinets. What if it's something? psychological? He just wants to constantly remind Brittany of the control that he has over every little aspect of her life then, like, someone needs to step in. Like, this is insane. That's I mean, the point. That's why it's the Free Britney <laughs> movement, right? That's why those that podcast exists <laughs> where those two podcast Don't girls... bring them up. <laughs> <laughs> ...were featured on the documentary, right? People are trying to free her from the shackles that her father has seemingly put her in, and it really does seem like he has put her in it. Here's the weird thing, though, Rai, about the financial element of it. Like, obviously, he's making tons of money, from all of this like so the new york times article goes into how his salary for being her conservator is sixteen thousand dollars a month oh my god so he is making more than britney right she is making two thousand a week but who's paying her right out of all the money that she makes absolutely Oh, my God. I mean, think of all the revenue that Britney Spears generates from her endorsements to her album sales. Even if it's passive now because she's not recording anything new, but her stuff still sells. Yeah, like people are still listening to all of her shit and streaming and buying merch. And well, it's almost like 
you want to not do that. I don't know. It's weird. Because then I'm like, well, I want to, like, support her and not her dad. So I'm, like, not by her, like, shit anymore. But then that's, like, I don't know. That seems complicated. <laughs> it's complicated because she still has that 2000 a week, which translates to 8000 a month. So she is getting half as much as him. And mind you, apparently he gets $2,000 more a month for renting office space. So he gets that. And then, apparently, on top of all of that, in 2011, he gets 2.95% commission for her Femme Fatale tour. In 2014, he gets 1.5% of the revenues uh, from her Las Vegas residency, Piece of Me. And that was the show I think they were saying that Britney was getting $1 million a week for. Oh, my God. And what, like, what did he do? <laughs> He's just like there, like God knows this guy isn't like create like behind anything creative with what's going on. I guess so the he's... New York Times interviewed some lawyer in California, Michael Hensley, who said that the dual role of looking out for Mrs. Spears' best interests as conservator, because remember, it's not just her finances, it's supposed to be her well being, her mental well being. Right. So the dual role of looking out for Mrs. Spears' best interests as conservator and reaping more profits each time she performed was, quote, fraught with conflict, end quote. Fuck yeah, it's fraught with conflict. Right. There's another quote here that her dad described her as a racehorse who has to be handled like one. That quote was relayed by Britney's mom. Who called their relationship toxic and that they needed to start fresh. But I was going to mention this earlier, right? Here is what to me is fascinating about the financial element to this story. Right. According to the New York Times, Jamie Spears sold their home and now lives in an RV. What? Yes. Wow. So, right. And I don't think a fancy RV. Apparently, it's from his hometown in Kentwood. Okay. So we're not talking about some multi-million dollar RV, or maybe it is, but, you know, I don't think that someone who has worked his daughter like a racehorse, right, <laughs> by his own words, um, I, I don't think that you would do that for the money and then use the money just for an RV, unless maybe that's just what he wanted to use the money on. Maybe I'm reading too much into that, but... That is a strange detail. Well, yeah, because what is like what else is he doing with money? I mean, I read a lot of the a lot of different quotes or at least pointing towards him having like a drinking problem and yep. getting like potentially physical with people and in fights. And so it makes you wonder, like, what is he spending the money on? Like, is he blowing it all on like Booze and drugs. Like, that's a lot of money to blow on booze and drugs. I don't even think the most boozy and druggy person could blow millions of dollars. Well, first off, don't tempt me with a good time. Don't try to prove me wrong. (laughs) But, like, well, what is he doing? Like, why, why are you living in an RV? Like, what else are you spending it on? 
And like, there's like no RV slander. Like literally I want to live in an RV and like never have to like talk to another human being again. RVs could be fancy too, by the way. They and could RVs be really be fancy. See, I'm like actually really into RV culture. Um, but why him? Like why, if your dream is to live in an RV and like either travel or just like go live in like an RV park, I did watch Nomadland. It looked really fun actually. <laughs> um, then just like do it. And like also you have plenty of money to do that. Whether you were the conservator or not, you know, like it's not like he was like poor. At least I don't think. I assume that Brittany like would have at least given him some money to do that if that's what he wanted to do. And then just been like, okay, like leave me be then. It's all very bizarre. And that's why I suggested that it could be a psychological thing. Maybe he just enjoys controlling her. He is her father, and maybe he thinks that's his duty. Well, it's not, sir. You know, it's not your duty to, according to Brittany, force her to perform when she didn't want to perform. You know, slash had four degree fever, and also like, if we've learned anything in the past year, it's like, don't go do something if you have a fever. This is actually all insane and kind of scary. How the courts. The supposed justice system could uphold and enforce a ruling in favor of someone basically controlling another person's entire life, front to end. That's frightening. And remember that one business manager who was Jamie Spears's, I think, right-hand man? I forget what his deal was. I think he may have even been an attorney for Jamie Spears and the conservatorship. And he was saying... This is a business model that could be replicated in the future for young pop stars. Right. Can right. you imagine if this sets a precedent if ultimately Britney is never granted control over her, her over her own life? How many parents or guardians or just powerful people, maybe it's a powerful producer who says Justin Bieber is acting out of control, which anyone would say at all times, right? That's not not true. Don't drag him into this. <laughs> but listen, this is what I think. Justin Bieber has the right to be out of control and do Justin Bieber things like fight Orlando Bloom in some like club in, what was it, Spain? Somewhere in Spain? Uh, Ibiza, maybe. Was no. it Ibiza? Uh, that would be That'd great. Be fine. <laughs> that would know, be like... great. I hope it was. I forget. Um, but he Here's has the, the right thing, to, like... and it's actually great. I love it. I have a good time with it. But he shouldn't have his entire life now controlled right. by other people. That's absurd. Again, remember, conservatorships are meant for very special cases. Right. Well, and here's the thing, too. It's like, I know people who are nurses at the fucking local hospital who are more psychotic than probably what Brittany is doing. You know, like... I see my friends. She's human. She's human. And like people who are not rich and famous, like literally do crazy people things. I don't like using the word crazy, but you know what I mean? Like do I know what you mean. We are all crazy. We are all bizarre. We all do funky things. That's life. Like bitch. I, if, if, if it was like you're unhinged and you have, you should not be in control of your life. 
then like I'd be on a conservatorship since I was like fucking 16 years old because I shouldn't have control of my life. I don't have control of my life. But, but like, who decides? Who decides who gets control well, of your life, Rye? But it's like if Britney wasn't like rich, then she probably would not have this problem. That's the point. She's the right? racehorse. That's, like, that's what makes me angry. It's like he's obviously doing it to like control her money and her like fame and her whatever. It's like no. And the court should be like, no. They're like, doing it to extract important. as much revenue from her while they can. They see her in her prime and they say, let's extract every last dime while we can before she can no longer sing the way she did, before she can no longer perform the way she did. It is a deeply disturbing story, no doubt about it. And just to touch back on what you were saying earlier about Jamie Spears' alleged alcoholism, that was one of the uh, newly revealed elements to this story because, like I said earlier, there were documents that were just released. Apparently, this dates back to like even 2010 right. uh, when one of uh, Britney's um, housekeepers said that Jamie Spears was relapsing, engaging in verbal abuse, tirades, inappropriate behavior, kind of vague, so we don't know yeah. all the details, but you have that, and then in 2014, it's one of the first instances, apparently, where you could see Britney trying to maneuver around the conservatorship and telling the courts that her dad was drinking and probably not fit to be the person controlling her life, and that's one thing that the conservatorship's lawyers keep referencing. It's that Brittany has never asked until now, right? This is the latest developments that we're having a hearing. It's coming up and maybe the conservatorship ends or at the very least her father is removed as a conservator. But the, one of the things that the lawyers say is that she's never asked to no longer be under a conservatorship but it yeah. does seem like she didn't want her dad to be the conservator. That's the thing. Yeah. So maybe Brittany like, was maybe, willing, but not to have him be controlling her life. Right, because like maybe, okay, maybe conservatorship isn't the worst thing in the world. But her dad is the worst thing in the world. Like, that's becoming very clear that, like, it's the person who's in charge, maybe not the situation. Because maybe if, like, her cool aunt or, like, her best friend was in charge and they actually, like, knew her well and knew that she was doing well or whatever, they'd be like, cool, I'm just here in case things go awry, but, like, otherwise, go at it, girl. But I am here for, like, insurance or, you know, in case something happens, if that makes sense. So, like, like her dad just seems like a fucking tyrant and a nightmare. Which is why she is trying to terminate the conservatorship. But it, it just seems like they're in a stalemate there's a little bit of potential finally but for a long time you know according to these documents the judge just wouldn't take her seriously you yeah. know uh one yeah. of the things that Brittany's attorney said at one point was quote she said to me when she gave me this shopping list that she anticipates that as it has been done before the court will simply sweep it under the carpet 
and ignore any negative inferences with regard to Mr. Spears, end quote. And I think that could be why she was pretty disillusioned with the idea of ending the conservatorship and why, you know, according to the conservatorship's attorneys, she wasn't trying all the time to end it. But it's like, if no one's taking her seriously, right? I could see why maybe she was just jaded and she was feeling beaten like, down. What's yeah, what's the point? If you're just going to not take it seriously, I'm not going to like put an effort to it. And like, just this is my life, which it sucks even more. <laughs> and apparently the documents revealed that she suggested that she could even retire if it could end the conservatorship, but she thought that the conservatorship wouldn't allow her to retire. So think yeah. about that. She is a professional person who's like, I no longer want to be a professional. Like right. almost anyone else gets has, to do that. Gets to do that. You, you, if you want to yeah. retire, you could retire. Most of us can't because we need the money, but she has enough money for many generations if she could access it. Yeah. But like, she is thinking to herself, the conservatorship doesn't even allow me to retire. I have to keep working. I have to keep working because that is the will of my father. Well, he can go fuck himself. And like, although I'm happy that she doesn't retire because we need more Britney <laughs> albums. But like, if she doesn't want to do it, then I don't want her to do it. And also, if she doesn't want to do it, then they're not even going to be good. So it's like, maybe just call it quits while we're ahead with Britney. Let her live. Just let her fucking live. Go to your damn RV and just leave us alone. Leave me personally alone. As as much as I would love for Brittany to do it again. Oh, oops. <laughs> if if retiring made her happy and she just got to live and she got to have all the money that she needs to just enjoy the rest of her life. I mean, whatever whatever would make her happy, I guess. Um, but yeah, I would love more more Brittany if we could get it. You know what I would love? What's that? Less news about the Kardashians. Oh, that's and, never going to happen, right? And with that, I'm going to, I'm kind of going to, I'm going to make my own segment. This has never happened before. And the this segment, which is actually going to be the rest of the podcast, <laughs> is called Stupid Rich People Who Are Dating Each Other and For Some Reason... It, the world has to know about it. That's basically so, our podcast, right? It's our podcast, but like normally we have like maybe one breakup story and the rest is like semi more interesting. For some reason, the rest of our topics are like stupid rich people who are dating each other and the world has to somehow know about it. He hooked up with her. She hooked up with him. She broke up with him. He broke up with her. It's just a whole cluster F of breakups and hookups and exes and... Uh... Like, stupid. So, like, famously, everyone knows I don't care about the Kardashians, but yet, because I do this podcast, I'm forced to think about them, like, quite regularly. <laughs> um, so, Chloe, who we know and love, <laughs> is dating or was dating Tristan Thompson. Once again, still don't know who that is. Don't know the difference between him and the seven other thousand fucking people that she's dated. I know he like plays basketball or something. Does he? <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Alright, so they were dating, apparently. And I think he's the one who has that stupid baby with a stupid name, right? <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. I love I, I love that you're doing this story. Yeah. Do you know what her I, name is? 
The true. daughter? Yes, true. Yeah, okay. true. And I told you I don't want to speak about this again. So they have a they have a baby with a stupid name. I'm not saying the baby's stupid. I'm saying the baby's name is stupid. Which she had no control over. So I'm not hating on the child before people come for me in the comments. It's also a deeply ironic name considering the strength of her parents' relationship. Just the right. least the- truthful relationship possible. Right, the fact that nothing about the relationship has ever had one ounce of truth to it is just <laughs> hilarious to me. The irony is not lost. So apparently they're broken up again. <laughs> That's the story. That's the story. I did read it, and I lost brain cells by reading it, but I'll summarize it for you guys. They, uh, apparently him and the baby, <laughs> I won't be using their name, and Chloe all went out to dinner, and then the next night... Tristan went to a party for like Drake's bodyguard or something and was seen going into a room that was infamous for people hooking up in this room at this at this like venue. And so he was spotted going into this room um with two or three women and another guy. So I'm like Tristan's gay. <laughs> and so <laughs> Um, so they were spotted going to this, the five of them were like spotted going into this room and then he was spotted coming out of the room 30 minutes later looking quote disheveled. So hookup room, leave disheveled. He probably had sex with someone. Orgy. What I'm extrapolating. Sex with someone and or multiple someones. What do you call that? Is it a two by three? What is it? What is that called? What? Two men, three women, orgy. Is it a two by three? What do you call that? It's not to me. It sounds like a fucking nightmare. Okay, like nothing about that sounds fun, especially in a party room. It's like (laughs) get an Airbnb, like a normal person. And so apparently they like he got to the party and instantly like went up to the bar and we're talking to tons of girls and like buying them shots. And I'm like, okay, he was at a party. Like what did you expect him to do to go like fucking read the Bible in the corner? <laughs> it's like, people talk about this. Like it's different from what he's doing every other goddamn night. Like <laughs> it's the most generic partying play by play description. Like he was right. at a party. He walked up to the bar and then wait for it. Wait for it. He ordered a shot. And then it gets worse. It gets worse. He said... Or a girl. And then he said, let's do shots. <gasps> and then everyone gasps. And it's like, I don't know who this person is, but I assume that people who go to this type of party knows who this person is. And like, it's just, it's just insane to me. Like, what do you expect this man to do? He's rich, apparently famous, and connected to the Kardashians. And for some reason, people will not fucking learn to not go near a man who is dating a Kardashian because they will absolutely destroy your life. But then you continue to read the article and one of the women is a, apparently an aspiring singer while the other one is in the beauty industry. And so I'm like, well, that checks out. They're hoping for like 15 fucking minutes and like their name in a tabloid. And guess what? It didn't even freaking work because all your name is is aspiring singer from Florida. So hope it was worth it, lady. Well, she's one step away from the name. We just need Chloe to spark a rivalry with her so then she could become the next Jordan Woods. See, that's what they're hoping to do. That's what they're hoping for. And it's like, 
I hate modern day career paths. You know, it's like, maybe just be a good singer and then become famous from doing that. Like, why do you have to be a, a wannabe singer who becomes famous from like fucking Khloe Kardashian's dad? Or not dad, but... <laughs> <laughs> Baby daddy is what I was meant to say. <laughs> right. You're just jealous that you don't have the same career path. Maybe so, but also I'd rather die than have to, like, go to a party where there's a hookup room and it's, like, for Drake's bodyguard. It's not even for Drake. And do a two-by-three? And I'm not doing a two-by-three. Like, maybe a four-by-eight, but, like... (laughs) Just kidding. I get afraid if, like, a singular man looks at me, so I'm not doing anything with multiple people. I I did love, though, Rye, the quote about his shirt being disheveled because it was something like, let me see if I can find it. Quote, when he arrived, his shirt looked all pressed. And when he came out, his shirt was a mess. He looked disheveled, end quote. I love that quote because... Dr. Seuss. One, yes, the rhyme of it, the Dr. Seuss element, but also we all have seen, like, the sex hair party moment or in this case the sex shirt party moment we have seen it we have all been there where we've seen come someone come out of the bathroom or the room and we all kind of look at each other and go they just had sex right i think the the two by three makes it salacious but also the fact that he was just dining out with chloe and the baby whose name we shall not repeat thank you um because that suggests that he was probably still with Chloe at the time. Right. Right. Then he gets caught doing the two by three, and now they're broken up. Even though they're claiming they were broken up for weeks, there's no way they're doing this night out, you know, with the baby. If if they're broken up, there's no way they're doing that. They would just, I don't know, have time alone maybe at the home. But a dining right. out for dinner, like that feels more intimate romantic. Yeah, especially, like, publicly. If Chloe thought he was going up, going out and doing a sex party thing the next night, like, she would have been like, all right, well, maybe we just, like, order in at the house, you know, so that there's not, like, a whole fucking scandal. But at the same time, I don't know what's wrong with these people, but they'll do anything to get their name in the tabloid, so maybe she was all planning it out. I mean, they're not stupid. They know what they're doing. Speaking of someone who will do pretty much anything to get his name in the tabloids, yeah, and also, keep going. <laughs> Give me the also. No, the also is just like, can we, not, like, when are we going to cancel any of these people? Just go, just go. I've just told do- you this a million times, right? Nobody actually ever gets canceled. People only ever whine about the fact that people criticize them for doing anything. That there's ever a consequence for anything they ever do or say. And the consequence is usually just like, I don't know, three hours of people you know, shitting on them on Twitter. That's the consequence. And it's like, cancel culture! Kanye has never actually been canceled. Yeah, we don't know why. We like I just can't. Let's just keep going. Let's just talk about it. Oh, right. I forgot to mention, we're talking about Kanye West because while Chloe was breaking up with her man, Kanye was finding a new bae. I was trying to do a Dr. Seuss thing. Yeah, I was like, there's something there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this was actually, look, you guys know that I 
don't care. But I was a little bit, I did, a, I did do a little bit of a, yeah, this was a stunner ride because whatever Kanye West is apparently hanging out with potentially dating Arena Shake, who famously is Bradley Cooper's ex-wife, ex-wife, ex-wife. Yeah. We covered their breakup because there were the rumors that maybe Lady Gaga had something, something to do with it. Maybe. Which I loved. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga had something going on. That was all discredited, but you know, we loved it. We talked about it. I loved that story. And that's the only reason I know who this woman is. Um, But she's like hot and seems cool. She has a fun name. Used to marry Bradley Cooper, which makes her cool. To me, she's probably cool. I don't know a single thing about her personality. Never seen her speak. Never really, don't even know what she does. But just inherently, to me, seems cool. She's a model, by the way. She what? She's a model. Okay, so that checks out, because she's probably gorgeous, I assume, based on the maybe two pictures I'd seen of her years ago. But I did actually see the picture. It was like a kind of a wide angle, like kind of like far away picture of the two of them hanging out, at least the one I saw. The one where they're walking together in France? Sure. (laughs) Kanye wearing like sweats. Classic. Here's the thing. I, I, I'm not like trying to shit on someone who clearly has mental health issues, but like, he's kind of like letting himself go. Like he looks like really bad. And he's also, he's, he's also someone who could really wreck your life in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, he. I've I've told you guys my personal vengeance against Kanye West. Um, I have been personally attacked by him on multiple occasions, <laughs> and for that reason in itself, I do not support this man. Um, he's not easy. Yeah, he's not easy to he, deal with. He can ruin your life. He's ruined my life multiple times, and I just think that maybe. Like, maybe Arena Shake, like, don't date Kanye West right now. And it's another thing of, like, why are you getting involved with a Kardashian ex? Like, have we not learned that maybe you don't do that? I know that, like... Here's a theory. Let me, let me finish. I know that Kim Kardashian's all like, I just want him to be happy. And, like, I don't care as long as, like, our children are happy. And, like, whatever. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like I wouldn't... If I was, like, a healthy, stable, like, model, I would probably be, like, maybe I don't get involved with Kanye West right now. Is that just me? It's not just you, but here is my theory, Rai. I think Irina Shayk is attracted to the destructiveness of Kanye West. I think she doesn't want someone who seamlessly fits into her life like let's say a Bradley Cooper she was just with the stable guy who has a stable job for the most part right I mean acting is not really stable but with Bradley Cooper he's as stable as it gets in Hollywood he's always working always doing projects I'm pretty sure he's sober right there was some story about him being sober like 10 years sober or something sure Probably. I think so. I could be making that up, but I'm pretty sure I've read that. The 
Jesus or something. <laughs> yeah, Bradley Cooper is the modern day Jesus. He's perfect. Oh, I thought we were talking. I thought we were saying Kanye West. Oh no, thought- not Kanye West. I, well, I don't know if Kanye is sober or not, but it doesn't matter whether or not he's sober. He's pretty destructive, regardless. Yeah. But um, I have no idea. Has there ever been a story about Kanye and substance abuse? I don't think so, right? No, but for some reason I thought he was like sober at one point, but maybe I'm mixing up with Justin Bieber, both crazy addicted to Jesus people, but I don't know. I I can't follow the sobriety of celebrities anymore. Um, no. It just, you know, it's in and out. Uh, it's like, do a four-part YouTube documentary on your sobriety if you want us to care about it. Like, right. take a note from Demi's book, otherwise not going to follow. Right, right. But I think I remember something about Bradley Cooper and sobriety because of a Star is Born. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Especially because he was like a drug addict in Star is Born. Mm-hmm. And it was like acting because he like doesn't do drugs. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Acting. But you have here in the in all the stories of the Irina Shay Kanye West relationship, Bradley Cooper is supportive of Irina, just wants her to be happy. There's another quote. Bradley and Irina are not just on good terms as co-parents. They're also close as friends and share personal things with each other. End quote. I think Irene is actually running away from the stability. And here's the thing. And this is part, part this, part segue into the next one. It seems to be essentially the exact same theory you have on the Jennifer Lopez, A-Rod, Benifer 2.0 drama that we famously have been covering. Because, mm-hmm. and I, 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 I see it now. Because... Mm-hmm. Kanye West looks awful, whereas Bradley Cooper has never looked awful for a singular moment in his life. So she's probably like, I need someone who's not like prettier than me, basically. Literally, even as Bradley Cooper is pissing his pants as Jackson Maine, looks fantastic. Yep. Still looks hot. Suddenly I'm into golden showers. But like, I think that it's a good theory because I could see that. It's like, Jennifer Lopez wants the deadbeat dad not the, like, overly involved parent that A-Rod was. Mm-hmm. Irina Shake wants someone who, like, potentially is going to, like, drive away and never, like, see her again. Bradley Cooper could never do that. He's too much of a gentleman, or so I assume. So I, I get it. I get Bradley it. is getting the itinerary going for their next trip to Paris, Whereas Kanye is saying, let's go from Montana. Let's go to Montana today because, you know, he loves Montana. I thought it was Wyoming. Sorry, Wyoming. You're right. I to think me, it's- they're the same thing. So I don't know why I reacted so strongly to that. But I remember going on a whole rant about Wyoming once. So. You're right, right. It's Wyoming. So he yep. touches down in Wyoming. The moment they land, he turns to Irene and says, actually, I want to go back to France. Right. That's the chaos she is living for. You know the chaos that J-Lo is living for? Ben Affleck spotted a week and a half ago with J-Lo's mom gambling in Vegas. And then J-Lo's mom goes to bed because, you know, you have to go to bed at some point. And Ben Affleck says, no, I'm going to stay up to an ungodly hour. Let's say, I think it was 3 or 4 a.m., but don't quote me on it. Playing blackjack. That's the craving, Rye. That is the craving right now. And for that, I can relate. I'm into that. 
because I am that. But I feel like if I was with someone who too was that, then maybe I'd be a little bit less that. But see, here's the thing. Irina. That. That on that. But here's the thing, right? So you are saying you are that. It's like what you said last week. You are the Ben Affleck of the relationship. When I ask you, are you a, when you said you were attracted to Ben Affleck and I asked you, do you want a Ben Affleck? You were saying, I am the Ben Affleck. You need your J-Lo. So here's the point. J-Lo, Irina Shayk, both gorgeous, put together, on top of all of their stuff. I I doubt they have a, a single chaotic element to their own personal life. And now, mind you, I'm reading a lot into this, and I have almost no evidence to back any of that up. Well, we are in Holly Shook, so that checks out. So I think they're looking again for the yin to the yang. It's what I said last week. Okay, yeah. they are looking for the chaos to inject it into their life that is so well manicured. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not against it. I'm all for I mean, I was all for the J-Lo Ben Affleck thing last week. Still on board. I just feel like Arena Shake could find a little bit more of a Ben Affleck and a little bit less of a Kanye West. Like, there are many chaotic... Mm -hmm. out-of-control, irresponsible, deadbeat men in this world. I guarantee it. Kanye West is, like, a little too much. And that is where I agree with you. You know how on board I am, how fully supportive I am of Benefer 2.0, but I fully agree on Kanye Arena. What is their celebrity nickname, by the way? Kanina? Irene? 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 Irene. Irene. Ugh. Irene. It works. Not as good as Benefer. No, nowhere near as good. But the thing with Irene is that Kanye is just 10 degrees too chaotic. And we saw how it turned out with Kim. Yeah. If Kim yeah. couldn't handle Kanye, she had a whole breakdown over it, right? She talked about right. it. She talked about how he was too much, how she didn't want to just go get up and move to Wyoming for the sake of her kids. She wanted to be close to her family, but Kanye was insisting. That was actually uh, a new development in the celebrity news world recently, right? All that stuff that that Kim uh, revealed about their relationship. But that's the kind of guy Kanye is. He'll just go to Irina one day and say, you, you need to move your kids to Wyoming. Or let's well, move to Berlin. Or let's move to Australia. That's the kind of shit he does. Because he's impulsive. Yeah, but also, like, if he said Wyoming, I'd be like, I'm sorry, babe, no. But if he was, like, Berlin or Australia, I'd be like, well, okay, I can get behind that. Fair. Like, <laughs> Wyoming is, like, kind of the 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 base of the chaos there. It's like, well, <laughs> I, I don't know about Wyoming, babe. Like, we can discuss a move. But, like, <laughs> maybe talk about a location. There's something in the waters of Wyoming that is spurring the chaos. Yeah, probably like dead bodies. Like I feel like it's like literally where people get murdered. By the way, I think I know why I said Montana. I think Ben Affleck has a house in Montana that Benifer is spending time in. Like, okay. Like, <laughs> when do they go? Like, when are they leaving LA to go to like Montana for the weekend? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. No offense to all our Montana listeners. <laughs> Okay, should we get into the Benefer stuff? Yeah, like, Quickly. what else is there? They're making out, like, pretty much everywhere they're going. There's that, but I actually want to skip to 
the A-Rod part of it all. Okay, I hate, I'm over him, but okay. I'm pretty much over men. Unless you're Ben Affleck, I'm over you. <laughs> I thought you wanted to date Zac Efron. What happened to that? Don't bring him up right now. You know what's, you know what I'm going through. <laughs> Is Sean Mendez canceled too? What happened to Sean Mendez? He's like a zombie. Like what? Camila Cabello like brainwashed him. And, and how about our I other do. friend? Our other friend, the <laughs> Demi's ex. Oh, Eric, Max, Eric, Max, Look, Eric. I'm, I, I had a thirsty moment, and I'm not thirsty anymore. I've, I've gotten my senses back, and I'm over men. This is my stance. I'm over men. But you know who? Ben Affleck. But you know who seems to be thirsty, right? Even if you're not. Alex Rodriguez. There have been a slew of reports about who A-Rod could be dating now. Because, of course, in celebrity land, you have to be dating someone at all times. There's not one moment in time a celebrity could be single. J-Lo breaks up with A-Rod, immediately starts dating her ex-fiancé of two decades ago, right? Right, right. Power move. Super power move. So, immediately... A-Rod is linked to Katie Holmes. It's also immediately debunked. They've actually never met, according to a representative for Katie Holmes. It just happened to be that A-Rod was touring a condo in the same apartment building that Katie Holmes lives in in New York City. Okay, so that's debunked. But then you have a news story about A-Rod spending time with his ex-wife. So then people are talking about the getting back with your ex moment of 2021. Is that going to be a thing? Is everyone just going to get back with their ex? God, I hope not. <laughs> and then that turns out to also be debunked because they have kids together, him and his ex, Cynthia Skirtis, and they were just spending time together because they actually are still good friends. They were married between 2002 and 2008, and they have two daughters together. Okay. But the most recent one is the most salacious, and I can't wait to get your reaction to this, Rye. Just a few days ago, on June 19th, Saturday, A-Rod was spotted hanging out with Ben Affleck's ex, Lindsay Shookus. The name's right there. The name's right there. She was waiting for her moment on this podcast. <laughs> she was born to be on the Holly Shook podcast. Anyway, they were sitting next to each other. There was a whole uh, performance being done um, by a magician. And it seemed like there was chemistry in the clip. But a rep for Alex Rodriguez said, quote, there is absolutely zero there. They've been friends for 15 years. And quote, however, Rye, I don't know. I could see A-Rod trying to pull the move just to get back at both J-Lo and Ben Affleck because obviously you have the fact that it's Ben Affleck's ex, Lindsay Shokas, producer for Saturday Night Live. They dated for three years. Um, but also apparently a-Rod and J-Lo like, had dinner with Lindsay Shookus a couple times. Like They're all friends. They're all friends. So that would be maybe a little bit of retribution in A-Rod's mind, theoretically. I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying that is sourced. I mean, I would live for that plot twist. 
I don't think it's happening. I also don't, like, I feel like A-Rod was, like, really in- invested in the J-Lo thing, and I feel like he's not going to move on as fast as maybe J-Lo is. And for that, we got to we gotta allow him time to, gr- to grave and to be sad and to hang out with Ben Affleck's ex- ex-girlfriend because he can. He did have the sad IG stories. The sad IG stories still make me cringe. I'm like, get it together, bro. <laughs> but I think you're right, right? It all points to his state of mind. I think he'll get there. I think he will date again. I don't think it's in his cards right now, considering he was spotted with three different women and every single time it was debunked. <laughs> um, whereas JLo has been with one man and everyone's like, they're fucking again, which we love. Um between that. the smirk and the traveling to Miami and LA and Montana and the making out at Nobu, like they are putting it all on display. And I think you're right, Rai. A Rod is mentally not there. He needs time to grieve. I think he thought J Lo was his forever person. I think so too. And I think he's a sensitive guy, which doesn't exist. But if there were to exist, I think he would be the closest thing to it. <laughs> Well, that's how we diagnosed A-Rod, right? He was just too stable, too put together, too fit, too on top of everything. And that's right. what torpedoed his relationship with J-Lo. He's super invested in the wedding, planning it, you know, being engaged, being a great fiance, having all these business ventures with J-Lo. And J-Lo's like, you know what? I just want my man to get me Dunkin' Donuts at four in the afternoon. And who, and you know what? And that's on Amen, girl. That's on Amen because... What else are they good for? Basically nothing. On that note, Rye, we should end the podcast and get some Dunkin' Donuts ourselves. And by the way, Dunkin' Donuts should fucking sponsor us for how often we talk about Dunkin' Donuts at this point. I don't even like Dunkin' that much, but I want it really bad right now. We'd also <laughs> love it if they sponsored us. We would love Dunkin' Donuts. The, oh, best, we, the best coffee in the world. Us, I would suddenly love Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> um we always end our we always end our sponsorships before they actually um start but on that you know new york times once again you are welcome everybody subscribe to new york times they really need the ratings right now and the um subscriptions um while you're there rate and subscribe to our podcast holly shook we have some really great episodes coming out in the next few weeks and we appreciate you guys listening to us ramble <laughs>